On this episode of Warbird Radio, we're catching up with an old friend who has some big news. He's the world expert on nose art, has one of the largest collections of B-24 nose art slides. Slides from all types of aircraft, not just B-24s, but he does have one of the largest. And of course, he worked his way into some of the greatest restorations the world has ever seen. I'm talking about Gary Velasco from Fighting Colors. Welcome, Gary. Glad to have you back on the show. Thanks. Good to be back. Good to hear from you again. Well, you know, we got everything fired back up, and it wasn't long. I said we got to have Gary back on to uh, uh, share with us what's going <laughs> oh, congratulations. on. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, well. Congratulations, by it, the way. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun getting everything back up and running. You have had quite the turn of events, though, in your life with a recent diagnosis that has not uh, has not stopped your efforts to continue supporting nose art in the history of fighting colors, but it has slowed things down just a little bit. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing the news with all of your fans today. Uh, yeah, well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I have been uh, recently diagnosed with ALS in June, <clears throat> and um, yeah, it was it was a little a little bit of a surprise. Um, given the symptoms that I've been having from February uh, on up and even as early as last year, um, I just, you know, kind of disregarded it, shook it off, you know, with the uh, muscle spasms and, and, you know, tremors and that kind of thing until I one day in February when I picked up my guitar and tried to play it and realized I could not form chords in my left hand anymore. And I was like, that's when I said, okay, I need to go see a doctor and, Doctor uh, locally here uh, referred me to a neurologist. Set up an appointment at UVA here in Virginia, um, where you know I did some tests and EMG, and it was confirmed that I did have ALS. And you know, again, it wasn't so much a surprise. I knew something was wasn't going right um, inside me. So, um, as opposed to other people being surprised and shocked and, and whatnot, but mm. um, being you know the sort of you know, positive thinking person that I am, you know, I kind of power through it and, um, you know, have accepted, you know, the fact that this is going to be, you know, struggle and the challenge, you know, going forward. So having said that and, you know, accepted that fact, I still accept every day as a new day and still, you know, kind of put everything else behind me and just deal with the work uh, at hand and the commitments that I have to customers now and try to fulfill those as best as I could, um, <clears throat> albeit painstakingly slow. No, I get it. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I get it. It took a while <clears throat> to do this stuff to begin with. Uh, but, uh, you combine that with the effects of the disease and, and sure it's going to take a long time for folks who are not familiar with your work. Fighting colors, uh, is the title of a book that you've written and now your website and really your brand. Uh, the world expert on nose art uh, is is no, you know, <laughs> no easy earned title, but you've done that because uh, you've painted more of it than probably anybody else alive today, including the guys that were originally doing this uh, during the war. I think your body of work has probably even surpassed a lot of those folks. Uh, let's dive into this because you do have a massive collection of existing artwork and of clothing 
house goods, everything. It's all on your website there at fightingcolors.com. But uh, share a little bit about what you do and how you do it. Well, um, there is a process or a method to the uh, madness here uh, as far as replicating something historic. Uh, a lot of research goes into every project when it's if it is a historical uh, piece. So uh, we leave no stone unturned when it comes to deciphering colors from black and white film because um, there were two film types and a lot of other artists and uh, folks don't know this fact. So it renders shades of grays differently <clears throat> excuse me so when you're looking to you know again decipher color um, you have to know what you're looking at what film type uh you know because it, it could be misleading if you only have the one photograph in front of you so after the research is done then uh you know it, if it's honest normal scale down piece which we have uh you know our parts have been blueprinted in cad and punched out so we can you know, rivet them, um, assemble them, base coat them, and then apply the artwork via a template that we draw up or have uh, made digitally here. Um, <clears throat> so we could do it again um, and, and repeat and not have to deal with uh, the guesswork of creating the artwork once again. So everything, every panel we've ever done, we have a template for, and there are hundreds of them here um, in case we have to... Uh, again find it you know we'll just you know file it and go through it and um, and repeat it if necessary so because there's another custom piece too where someone a customer would like their wife girlfriend on that and then we would um, ask for photographs in a similar pose uh, so we could you know put the two together uh, as best as we could um, to be able to uh, fulfill the customer's desire of what they want on that particular panel with their specific title and whatnot. So those we have fun with and full reign as far as artistic, you know, liberties to do what we want to do. But uh, some of the historical stuff, um, you know, we have that ability also because some of the artists in World War II were not always so great in, you know, depicting the female form. So, you know, be out of scale, the anatomy is not correct. So we'll correct it to some degree without making it look so different that it's not recognizable from the original. Your work As goes beyond that, though, which I think is really is really interesting to me, and it's some of the the stuff that I love about this. I mean, you've traced this idea, this uh, uh, this art form, if you will, way back to even beyond aviation. I mean, back to the days of the Viking, and it's uh, it's all there in your book. If folks haven't ever read it, it's a it's it's a wonderful book. It's Fighting Colors. Uh, is the name of the book, and you have one of the largest slide collections uh, in the world that you've amassed from various collectors throughout your career, and all of that stuff is now in your archive. So when you talk about doing the research on not only uh, some of these aircraft projects that are well-known, uh, even the lesser-known ones, I mean, you actually have some of the slides uh, that are the only things in existence uh from these aircraft and uh, from these pieces of art, the original works. That's correct. Not only slides, but, you know, the black and white photographs. As I mentioned, there were two film types. Um, so we have over 8,000 images. Now, I'm not talking about digital images or anything, you know, printed out. These are original documents, you know, 80-plus-year-old photographs. 
much like the National Archives in D.C. Uh, there are a few people uh, in the country that hold private, uh, I guess, collections of photographs, uh, and specifically nose art, that I'm aware of, and um, I'm one of them. Um, but at some point, you know, again, uh, given the circumstances that, you know, that I have to deal with my health issues now, I'm trying to figure out what to do with a lot of this um, material, uh, as well as the artwork that's here at the shop, um, because there's a lot of one-offs. I mean, you know, my shop, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, Matt, it, if you've been here, there are a lot of things much like, you know, a small museum. Yeah, I started to say, your, your shop looks more like a museum the last time I was there. I can only imagine now. <laughs> And, and you're you're right outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. So if you're driving through, going to D.C. or whatever on the East Coast, plan a stop into Gary's shop because uh, it really is something to behold. And I'm guessing that with with ALS, with Lou Gehrig's disease, it's going to be challenging, if not impossible, uh, to keep doing the full size panel work that you would do, where you would replicate a full size version, say, of a B-17 or a B-24, something like that. That's correct. Uh, let alone the scaled down versions or working on restorations. I, you know, I may have one more in me. Um, I'm not sure. It depends. The longer this goes on, you know, the, the less of a chance I could, you know, do this. So, um, you know, I, I still think I'm good for perhaps another half year, maybe two a year, um, working with my arms and hands to be able to still paint. Um, but I anticipated a change uh, several years ago as far as keeping the brand alive with uh, working with uh, apparel, merchandise, um, you know, like our, we have a new A2 jacket line, our own sort of uh, version of the classic A2 that we've made some modifications so it's a little bit more comfortable, more spiffy looking, more uniform looking, and not over baggy, <laughs> uh, you know, look. It's just a little bit more professional, I guess, of a look. Uh, we've come out uh, with a Hawaiian shirt line. We've revived that from... Uh, when we first started with another company we worked with uh, locally that uh, dealt with Hawaiian tropic type shirts and wanted uh, a specific design that was aviation related. He saw my stuff and goes, oh yeah, can you do something like this on a shirt? And I said, sure. Um, and we did that from 2007 to 12 until the company went out of business. Uh, and then we sort of let it go because we looked into doing it ourselves and it was just too expensive to do but uh we looked into it recently again and now with new printing uh, uh costs coming down and methods with digital printing uh we found a company that was able to do it in the same quality as the original shirts um so we're doing them again ourselves and we've just launched that about two months ago with the flying tiger avg design we've changed and modified it uh, to disseminate from some of the copies that are out there. Um, we are also about to launch a second one for fall that is a B-24 design uh, that will encompass a pinup on the back and the title SAC time, which a lot of people are familiar with. And that's S-A-C-K, not the S-A-C. So it's the World War II version of the B-24 and the 308 bomb group. So that's going to be an awesome, awesome shirt. So we're excited about that. I want to talk uh, to you about that because that brings up a good point, and we're going to get into a little bit more of this after the break. Uh, but but 
there have been some disputes in your career that have gone down uh, in rather epic history, if you will, <laughs> in some discussions uh, where where you just you know you say no, that's that is just not that's not correct. That color is not cor- whatever it is. I mean, paint schemes have long been argued in Warbirds. We all know that, but. You have some some concrete proof and some evidence that that is is fascinating uh, to folks who will listen. Uh, granted, there are a lot who don't, and they they're going to completely discount that. I want to get into that, and I also want to get into this idea of you reinventing yourself because you, if if anyone has been able to do it, it's you. And I want I want to talk about how you went from an '80s hairband rocker. You mentioned your guitar, and we're going to get into this. Who? opened for some of the biggest names in rock and roll back in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, living up in New York, uh, right outside of New York City there in Connecticut. I want to I get into all of this because, Gary, your story is so fascinating. I don't want to uh, let that go. We're talking today with uh, Gary Velasco, a nose art expert, the world expert on nose art, as we've said for years here at Warbird Radio. We'll be right back with Gary Velasco from Fighting Colors right after this. Lock and load. This is Warbird Radio. Tune in. Take off. Reminding you that radio engines don't leak oil. They just mark their territory. This is Warbird Radio. Tune in. Take off. We're back and we're talking with world nose art expert Gary Velasco. Before the break, he was telling us about his recent diagnosis with ALS and how things are changing around the shop there. But I want to rewind a little bit, Gary, because you have continuously reinvented yourself in life. You're one of those folks that is just not afraid to step out and, and do something completely different. And sure, you found your calling there with uh, with art and with nose art. But before that, you were an 80s hairband rocker wearing leather pants, tight tank tops, long hair, and playing some of the meanest licks I've ever heard on a guitar, specifically a bass. Uh, you brought that up in the first part of the show that you were having trouble actually forming chords now, which is uh, tragic and it's sad, but but you, uh, in typical Gary Velasco style, you're just unafraid, you're fearless, you take whatever God throws at you, you just, you just make it work. Talk to me about that. Well, I mean, it, it was, a, again, a time in my life 20s, 30s, 40s, um, and, you know, I had a pretty good run success, you know, at, at doing what I have been doing, you know, with playing music and guitar and various forms of bands. From well, and rubbing shoulders with some pretty big people, too. I just want to throw that out there. We won't name names, but uh, some guys that wore makeup, some guys that were in some pretty serious films, that you've known them yeah, all. I mean, well, it's really cool. So yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Well, it, it, it does, you know, come, you know, again, with, when you have some success, you know, you, you get into another bracket of, uh, of people that, you know, um, that are successful and, and are, you're probably familiar with some of the names if we were to name names and, and records out there. So, um, you know, I'm honored to be a part of that. So we're lower echelon in the t- writing the, you know, the coattails of some of those guys. Cause, uh, you know, we didn't make it in the real big world, um, you know, but, you know, again, some moderate success. Maybe CD went 
aluminum. Yeah. <laughs> Some people may pot metal, about. right? Yeah. <laughs> Tin, <laughs> platinum and pot metal. There you go. But it was yeah, fun. I mean, I'm proud. It, yeah, absolutely. And I love the old pictures. I love it when, when uh, some Warbird guy will say, I found this picture of Gary Velasco and you're never going to believe it. And I'm like, oh, try me. I bet I will believe it. You know, <laughs> there you are. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's some, some great there's stuff. Some, there's some old photos. Yeah, the throwback Thursday, you know, I guess yeah. in, in social media here. But, um, Good but stuff. again, that was a chapter and part of my life. And, and you know, I knew I couldn't do it forever. Uh, and I wanted to get into something a little bit more lucrative that would take me to the next level uh, where, you know, hair didn't matter. Uh, yeah, and, and, there you, you go. Know, the, the style of music <laughs> didn't matter. I didn't want to be like an old aging rock star because some guys, you know, they, they oh, don't think- look right. I think it. you've already I think you've already captured that. The only time I've ever literally partied with rock stars was with Gary Velasco, and uh, we had a great time at uh, one of his friends' recording studios, who had just uh, come out with a new song. It had been on, had been on tour with uh, I believe the Doors and uh, a number of other. Anyway, great guy, a lot of fun, and uh, it, you know you're just that guy. You're that guy that you don't want to be an aging rocker, but I think you pull the look off pretty well, Gary. And it, it well, kind of goes you. it goes with what you're doing now with this line of apparel uh, where, yet again, this ALS thing has thrown a challenge in it, but you have this massive, and I mean massive, body of work to draw on now and the ability to, uh, to rebrand it. So here we are with uh, the world appreciating this stuff again in a way that it never has with uh, this retro research that we're seeing, and you're perfectly timed in here to, uh, to make a run at it. So... This new line of stuff that's coming out, uh, tell us a little bit more about it because I think it's exciting. Well, between the A2 leather jackets that, again, are our own brand um, that we have here uh, that we implemented last year, uh, the Hawaiian shirt line um, we thought was very lucrative, and we think that that's part of the future brand of fighting colors. So we're going to run with that. We have uh, probably half a dozen designs that are going to go into all next year. Um, we have another new one coming out, Sack Time, uh, as I mentioned before the break, uh, that will be out this fall, which is going to be an awesome shirt. I'm not going to leak it out yet. Once I get samples here, then I will. Um, when it goes into production, obviously, so we can get ahead on uh, marketing this thing and, and keep the ball rolling and turning it into something much larger. But we have, you know, we could limitly, unlimitedly, I'm sorry, um, come up with many different designs with all the different various aircraft and then nose art um, with this uh, and keeping in in um, style with what we do as far as a theme um, to the look because it is different it doesn't have the wallpaper pattern as I call it you know um, repetitive over yeah. and over again that you normally would see on a Hawaiian shirt so ours is you know every panel of the shirt when it's sewn together makes up the final design so it's a little bit more complex than you're just your average um, Hawaiian shirt. You wish so, you had you know, paid attention better in home ec when you were learning how to sew a shirt <laughs> now because all of that's coming back. Well, <laughs> I didn't, you know, again, it just comes with just natural, like, how to stand out. You know, I keep finding, trying to find ways uh, to stand out and, and, and separate myself from all the other noise and, and, you know, companies out there that are delving into nose art now. Well, I'm going to so, throw this know, out there. And, Shirts are great. Yeah. You need a line of hats. Everybody knows you for your hats. And I think you could I think you could give Richard Petty a run for his money if you came out with a line of Gary Velasco 
warbird hats. And I'm serious. I think that would be. Yeah, uh, you know. I think I you think you've got up. something there. Yeah, you may be onto something there. I never actually thought about that, but now you've uh, you've you've piqued my interest in this. So I'm telling you, I'll have to look into it. Let's yeah. let's dive but, into this uh, uh, this idea of research yet again because uh, the sack time print uh, that you're that you're working on. I have your panel. I have the sack time panel. It hangs now in my workshop, which I adore, uh, and it's this is unique because a lot of folks uh, have debated this for years. But you stand by uh, you stand by your artwork. Talk to us about that one because that's one of the bigger ones. Yeah, as you mentioned before, there are I mean there are people that do things that are not correct, um, and it's all research. You know, the more research you do, the more of a an eye you have to look for. You know what to look for. Uh, you know, the better the artwork and and the uh, the outcome uh, end result will be. Now, yes, I do have some gripes with some of the restorations out there because again as we mentioned i do have a huge body of uh photographs um and photographs don't lie you know i mean if if you see something that's light and it's painted dark there's no way that could be the color that it's being depicted on a restoration so um and there's some beautiful restorations i'm not knocking the work that they do it's just the research they could have done a little more or they could have just made a phone call and just asked for my opinion and advice to consult on it. I would have done it for free, you know, but, um, and it's just, you know, I mean, it's a little frustrating at times to see it and I will address it and then let it go. But, you know, and they have their reasons for doing what they do, but whatever. Um, you know, I still try to, you know, you know, keep history alive and make sure that it's correct as best as I see it, you know, with the proof and evidence that I have uh, to put forth, you know, much like uh, forensic evidence, you know. Um, You can't dispute once you know what you're looking at. uh, It's right there in front of you. So Reds and blacks in particularly are very challenging. Correct. Yes, there's panchromatic film, there's orthochromatic film, and and one will depict reds as a very uh, dark shade of, of um, you know, black and white. Uh, and when you're looking at it, one would easily think, oh, that's black, when in fact it's most likely red. And then, you know, I mean, there, there were filters on cameras, and some cameras were better than others, and the lighting. And so you have to take all that into consideration when you're trying to figure out the colors that you're looking at. And is there a definitive, a definitive answer to, to some of these things? without having both types of film and an image with both types of film? Um, sometimes. I mean, I've done this for over 26 years now. I could look at something and, and pretty much, you know, come up with a basic, um, you know, um, palette of colors. What I'm looking at, I could tell you what it is. But in order to be 100%, I really have to look at it, do some research, see what the other uh you know, uh, fighters or bombers had in their squadron. What were they like? What was the style like? Um, and of course, there were several colors that were just available. You know, if you were in the Pacific Theater, you didn't have access to a hardware store where you know you had every color. You know, a lot of artists had to mix their own paints with pigments uh, and dyes with berries and what, whatever they had available. And then you know, thinners they used you know hundred hundred octane fuel. So <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't think about that do part that of it. Day. <laughs> right. They weren't mailing paints over during the war so these folks could could do this artwork. It was it was literally 
whatever you had available and, and the tools to do it with uh, the same right. thing. So, okay, so sack time. The debate is whether the background is blue or red. Yellow. Yellow. Uh, the lettering, I believe, I mean, it can go Yeah, blue or yellow, ways. that's what right. I, yeah. What I know that it's not, it's not blue. I mean, you have a pinup who's yawning as if she was going to bed. The, air, the airplane was based in the Pacific, where obviously every night they saw the sun setting, it was orange or yellow, you know, depending on the time of day at the end of the day. Um, so that in itself just, you know, calls out that it is an evening kind of thing, right? Not a Sack blue time, moon, you're going to bed, right? I, yeah, I hear a blue moon, though. I, you know, once in a blue moon, makes yeah, you wonder. That, that, yeah, uh, I could see that, but it just doesn't seem to work on that airplane. And if you look at some of the other B-24s in that squadron, they used blue and orange quite a bit. And what uh, about the guy that says, we have the panel, Gary, we have the actual panel and it's blue. <laughs> what do you say to these people? Well, yeah, back uh, when I addressed it several years ago from my book in 2004, there was a different director there at the CIF who uh, it was a it was a woman who you know treated all the artifacts as if it were her personal collection so um, you know they tried to you know send out letters uh, to have me cease and desist on my panels you know because you know number one they thought that you know uh, they owned the rights to it um, when in fact you know it's government property it was at that point at that time even though they own it today I'm you know basing my artwork on uh, you know, 80-year-old um, art that appeared on government property done by government personnel. Therefore, nothing at that time could be copywritten. Um, so, I mean, it's a gray area now, but I have not, you know, I'm now there's a new director, there's new people involved. Um, they got rid of that person. Um, so now, you know, I'm working with them, selling um, merchandise, you know, as far as uh, nose art's concerned. Uh, through them and the d various different wings now. so um, And you've painted a quite a few of their airplanes. But I think it's I have, interesting yeah. I think it's interesting that, that you're willing to go, and that's the point of this, you, you, you stand behind your research. And whether you agree or you disagree, uh, you are a man who's not afraid to take a stand and stand behind what you, what you come up with. And, you know, right or wrong... The lesson here, to me, is is more in your character that you're willing to stand up and believe in your well, own research you for and, and for yeah. what you've got, and I think that's good. So, and you're absolutely correct. You know, in the I'm words of, of another people. great Warbird guy, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything, right? <laughs> Mr. Aaron that's Tippin, right. there. You don't you don't l listen to probably a lot of Aaron Tippin music, being the uh, you know, the, the knuckle dragon bass guitar player that you are, but, uh, I think it's great. Yeah. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, you bring Aaron Tippett. I did his, uh, <laughs> SNJ. See, see how I just set that up there for you, Gary. Isn't yeah, that great? <laughs> I see that. Yeah. I hear you. Listen, and by the way, I, I play it. guitar, not bass. <laughs> well, that's true. You, you, you're a multifaceted guy though, when it comes to stringed instrument. I mean, you'll, you, play anything i can't yeah yeah uh, you know when you have to do things on your own and and there's no one else around you find ways to do it you know and and you know music and and everything in life in my life anyway has been that way um hence you know me coming up with this product and doing it on a commercial level 
uh, and being as successful as I am um, thus far, um, you know, doing what I do. So again, reinventing myself, you know, because of the situation now, health-wise, I have to find other ways to do this. So having other companies and, and selling to them and, and having the wide body of, of nose art that could be applied to other um, companies' products, uh, whether they be licensed out or work on some kind of deal um, on the back end with royalties, um, you know, it, it's all going to be different. But, you know, I'm, I'm now being approached by other companies in doing such things like this, like tumblers. You know, um, there's a, 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 an aviation gift company now that wants to utilize a lot of my art on their products. So I'm starting to see more companies like this uh, being approached and, and say, hey, can we use your art? We love it. We want to put it on, you know, our our lighters, our, you know, coasters and you know, mouse pads or whatever. You know, I mean, there's a whole wide range of things that you know we could do stuff with so but again being original and to stand out you know because there is a lot of stuff out there already so i don't want to be just another person putting a product out with nose art it has to when you look at it you say i gotta have that you know that's where i'm after and it's not always easy trying to find products and now everything always works so but you got to keep doing it you got to keep pressing um, and that's what, you know, I thrive on, you know, that's what gets me up every day. You know, I love doing what I do. I love coming into work. Um, and this ALS thing, you know, even though at some point it'll kick my butt, I'm just going to do it until I can't anymore. I mean, it's just, and even when, you know, if I'm in a wheelchair and I'm going to dictate to somebody else that's going to be working for me and, and tell them what to do, you know, to keep the brand going. And hopefully, you know, one of my kids will take over. Um, and, and just keep moving. But in the meantime, you know, I do have a shop here. A lot of stuff, you know, I say everything is now for sale. Um, I do have some stuff on eBay marketplace and whatnot, and I'm going to be putting a lot more things up that, you know, people have wondered, you know, were you willing to sell that? And at one point I was like, no way, you know, but now, you know, um, you know, I have, I'm not going to have a whole lot of use for it. Um, some stuff will be donated, uh, or put on, you know, permanent loan at some museums, and, and a lot of stuff will be sold off. So if anybody has an interest in what I do, um, you know, try to put a list together. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there you go. We'll <laughs> I, put a, it's more like, okay, what do you want? You know, <laughs> right. I have a lot of stuff. Ejection so, seats, clocks, panels, whatever. Of, yeah. Oh, lot, yeah. tons of skin from aircraft, right. F-8 stuff, T-33, you name it. I got all kinds of wild oh, God stuff. bless you, Gary, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the next chapter holds. Always a pleasure to have you on, sir, and I, I can't thank you enough for supporting Warbird Radio all these years and for being uh, just such a great friend, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming. Well, I'm looking still to do as many shows as possible, and there's maybe one more Oshkosh in me to do next year, uh, Sun and Fun, perhaps, Reading, uh, the Mid-Atlantic Air Museum, some of the big ones on the East Coast, and of course, Oshkosh. So, there you go. Um, you know, um, I'm going to do what I can do, and I hope to see a lot of you folks out there, especially you, Mac, because it's always fun hanging with you, listening to the stories. Well, uh, you have quite uh, <laughs> quite a lucrative life yourself, so don't sell yourself short. Uh, maybe uh, somebody ought to do uh, an interview on you. Well, we'll see. All right, Gary. Great hearing your voice. It's Gary Velasco from Fighting Colors.com. Always a pleasure, Gary. Talk to you real soon. Thank you. Yeah, everybody. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure and follow along with Warbird Radio on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course, via email. 
Sign up for our email newsletter and never miss an episode. Until next time, so long for now, everyone. <laughs>